Good morning. Today's um, Bible story is from chapter 10, and we're starting in ver- on verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what, that what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but not hear it. Uh, thank you, Catherine. Let, let me just briefly pray before I speak to us from God's word. Father God, we thank you that you speak to us through your word. And I pray today that we would all know you, not just knowing about you or knowing facts about you, but knowing you personally. Amen. Well, what did you expect from this morning? We've seen Tom baptized, it's happened, he's gone under the water, he's come back out, and we've been thinking that that's not merely just about getting wet. It's not merely a good picture that goes on Instagram. It shows how his whole life has been changed. As Tom came out of the water, that represented that he had died, he'd said goodbye to his old way of life, and he had risen out of the water to show his new life is found trusting in Jesus. Think back to when he was sharing his testimony, he was talking about his identity and what he treasured, and he, he showed about his life, his, his friends, his sport, his rugby in particular. All of that's great, but none of that is central now to Tom's life. Because as Tom's got baptized this morning, he's shown us his life no longer revolves around those things, but it is centered on trusting in Jesus. That's what Tom's baptism has, has shown us and represented today. But you might be thinking, well, that's, that's all good for Tom, but that's not really my kind of thing. You know, good for you, Tom, but that, that's not really me. I couldn't imagine myself doing that. I'm not, not really a kind of God person or even a kind of Jesus person. I don't know if, if I can know God, even, even if I wanted to. How could I know God? And at Emmanuel, we've been having a series called Big Questions. And the idea is that to try and answer some of the big questions that we can have about Jesus, about Christianity, and we're going to look briefly at this question today. Can I know God? Can I know God? Well, let me give you an illustration to get your minds thinking about this. Imagine, imagine that all of us had only ever lived in this school building. Imagine that all the, the doors and windows were all kind of boarded up and bricked over, and we were all stuck here living in here. I don't know how we'd have food or water, but suspend that thought for a moment. But imagine that we're all kind of trapped in here. We all live here. No one can get in or out. And imagine, as we went on day by day, week by week, we'd start to think, well, is there anything out there? And if there is anything out there, what's it like? And, and, you know, we could start wandering, and maybe someone could imagine, you know, well, I think that outside world out there, maybe it's full of talking dogs that just love helping people and doing rescues. (laughs) And someone else goes, well, I don't think it's about that. I think it's more about... um, uh, a load of really tall six-foot-five people that chase an oval ball around in the mud. <laughs> and you know it's oval, so the bounce goes everywhere and everything. 
But do you see what the problem is if we start thinking like that? It's all guesswork, isn't it? That, that we'd have no idea. We'd be saying, well, I, I have an idea about how the world's out there, but, but honestly, I can't go out, I can't see it, I'm just guessing. And if we think about that idea, the only way that, that we could actually find out about the world outside, if we were all stuck in here, is that somebody would have to come in from the outside. Someone would have to come in from the outside with knowledge of the outside world. And someone would have to come in and tell us about the things we couldn't see and tell us what the world around us was like. And in the Bible, we have a similar idea. Because by ourselves, on our own, we can't know God. We, we're in the dark about him. And that's because we're separated from God. There is a distance between us and God. And the, the Bible word for that is sin. And we've heard it uh, mentioned in songs and in, in, in what I was saying to Tom before he got baptized. But let me un- unpack that word sin because it's, it's a Bible word. Uh, and I've got it as an acronym because I'm a teacher. I love acronyms. Sin is like this. It is us, by whether we say this to God or whether by just choosing to ignore him, in a sense we're saying this. Shove off God, I'm in charge, not you. If we're thinking about how that word sin is unpacked, shove off God, I'm in charge, not you. But if we've all turned away from God, if we've all done that, if we've all sinned, well then how is it possible to know him? How can I, how can I do that? And it's the same idea we've thought about, that we need someone to come in from the outside. Someone to turn us back, someone to to show us what God's like. And that's what makes Jesus special. Because Jesus is God, fully God, fully man. And Jesus came to the earth, he came to us to reveal what God is like. So Jesus reveals God to us. If you want to take anything away from today, let me get out of the way so you can see it. Jesus reveals God to us. Jesus reveals God to us. That's my big idea for us as I'm talking. So can I know God then? Well, my answer at this point is yes. Yes, you can because of Jesus, that Jesus reveals God to us. But Paul, you might be thinking, well, have you actually seen Jesus? And that's a good question, actually. Uh, My my three-year-old was naughty last week, um, and my wife asked him to say sorry, and and to say sorry to God, sorry. And um, very perceptively, he said, well, where is God? He started looking around the room. He's like, well, where is God if I want to say sorry to him? I thought, hmm, good point there. Because he couldn't see God. And actually, at that point, neither could I. But that's where Jesus comes in. Because if you say to people, well, have you seen God? My answer is this. I could have seen God if I lived 2,000 years ago in Palestine at the time that this Luke's Gospel in my hand was written. Because I would have seen Jesus had I lived at that time. Jesus, God, revealed to us. And Jesus revealed himself to to many people at that time. And one of them is this person here, Luke, that wrote this account of Jesus' life we have in front of us. So this book in our hands, we call it a gospel, an account of Jesus' life. And if you look at the page one, at the very start, you see this. Let me read it to you. This is Luke writing at the start of his account of Jesus' life. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, 
I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So Luke here is writing to someone who is unsure. They don't know if they can know God, and they need reassuring. And so Luke, at the start there, as he writes this, is stating his credentials. He's saying this isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a kind of story that you can read online when you're scrolling through and think, well, that's, that's all right, that's fine for you, but not me. Luke is saying he's done his research. He's investigated. He's gone and interviewed the eyewitnesses. He's spoken to people who saw Jesus. And he's taken all of that knowledge and he's brought it together. So we can be certain that Jesus is God. And we can be certain that Jesus came to earth from these accounts, from the eyewitnesses that have been faithfully recorded and kept for us. And therefore Jesus reveals to us what God is like. And that's that bit we had read from Catherine a moment ago on page 35. Let me just read it again. Page 35. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said this. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Do you see that word in there, revealed? Right in there, revealed. Jesus is, is speaking to God in this passage. He refers to him as, as Father, and you notice that that's not a distant thing, that Jesus is, is personal, and knowing him is personal. And Jesus is praying, he's saying, thank you to God the Father, because through Jesus, the truth about God has been revealed. But who's it been revealed to? And this is a really striking thing. That's the interesting bit. He says, um, these things, and I think by that Jesus means Uh, referring to himself as God, that's what it means by these things. Those things are revealed to, do you see that there? Little children, little children. I mean, that's interesting, revealed to little children, because it doesn't really seem like the the likely group you go to. Because if you're the prime minister and you've got an important announcement, you address the state of the nation, you don't really reveal it to little children first. You don't go on CBeebies to tell what everyone's doing. Quite like to see that if the Prime Minister did go on CBBS, it'd be fun watching. But that wouldn't normally happen, would it? So, what does Luke mean by little children here? Well, you have to think back 2,000 years. And little children at the time weren't considered very important. They didn't have rights, they didn't bring any skills or gifts to the table. They were just there. And that's what makes knowing God through Jesus so special that Jesus doesn't reveal himself to the wise and learned doesn't reveal himself to those that think they can work Jesus out. They go, well, if I just get through university and I get my job and my house, then I'll I'll kind of come back and have a think about it. Or if I I wait till I've got to an all right stage at life and I kind of do the the maths, I can work Jesus out then. He's saying, no, God, God doesn't reveal to those that think they can do it by themselves. God reveals, Jesus reveals that he's God to those who are like little children. Little children, empty-handed, little children who don't come with expectations. That don't come having worked it out, but just come needing, empty-handed, wanting to know more. Do you see how different this is to the world around us? Because so much of our life is about having to prove ourselves. You want to go to university? Well, you need to go through UCAS. You need to get your grades. You need to get that done so you can then go off to the university of your choice. You want, you want that job. You have to prove what it takes, even if what it proves is ridiculous. 
So much of our life currently is spent about trying to prove ourselves, to say to somebody, notice me, I am worth noticing, pay attention to me, be with me, give me a job, give me a degree. And just notice how Jesus is not like that. Because we don't know Jesus by proving to ourselves that we're good enough and then Jesus comes to meet us. It isn't if we do our bit, then Jesus responds. No, the whole wonder of of the Bible and, and of Jesus is that Jesus reaches out to us, that God sent his son Jesus to earth and he reached out to us, not on the basis of anything we'd done, because we've all lived in a way that we've rejected God. Think about what we said earlier. We've all, by what we've said or by what we haven't said, communicated that idea of, of we're in charge. But actually, in spite of all that, Jesus came to us and he came in love. And if you read through this, this book we call Luke, you see this, that Jesus loved us so much that actually he came to die for us. And for all the, the wrongdoing we've done, all the times that we told God to shove off. And he did that so that we could know God. Because Jesus reveals God to us. And maybe you haven't read through this gospel. Maybe you haven't read through an account of Jesus' life before. If, if that's you, can I encourage you to take this home at the end? It's entirely free. I bought 65 of them in the week. I don't want to have to take them home. They're free. They're a gift, because I want you to read. We want you to read and find out more. Because actually what you see as you read through this gospel, this account of Jesus' life in Luke, is that there's no one like Jesus. No one else who comes to us with all the mess in our lives, all the mistakes we've made, and doesn't say, sort yourself out. Doesn't say, prove yourself and come back to me when you're sorted. He says, come as you are. Come as you are. Let me take you from that darkness of not knowing God and not knowing about the world around us. He says, let me draw near to you in God. He says, let me come trust in me. Leave your old life behind like Tom was saying earlier and be transformed into a whole new life with me. Let's just take a moment to reflect. Let me pray. Father God, thank you that you reveal yourself to us through Jesus. We thank you that Jesus walked and talked and lived on this earth. Thank you that he loves us so much he came to die for us. Thank you that for all of us here today, either in person or on live stream, Jesus says, come as you are, come and know me. Come and trust in me. Amen.